Hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico, your host. And today, I have some plans. Like many days and many podcasts, I have plans. And we get to about 60% of them, 90% some days. But today, we'll be talking about selfish reasons and biological reasons why you should start to learn about your female partner's menstrual cycles. Why you got to learn about their periods and why it benefits you. Interesting. We'll talk about rejection. We'll talk about what it means to be alpha in today's world. And uh, I got a few stories along the way. And I guess I kind of want to start out with a story. I got rejected recently. If you've been listening to podcasts previous um, or in order, you know a little bit about this. But if not, I'm trying to make friendships. I'm looking for, you know, male friendships in a way, you know. And even just saying that, it almost seems like, I'm further away than ever in, in like this perfect world or, or how I've learned friendships before is, you know, it's just natural. There's a natural unfolding. There's no forcing any sort of forcing, particularly with like within groups of men or grasping seems to push people away somehow. Not always. I mean, there's just a certain amount of effort that ends up defeating itself. And particularly with man-to-man interactions, if there's not a utilitarian function between men, particularly as you get older, it's kind of difficult. I mean, it just seems more and more difficult. And part of maybe growing older is just learning that, you know, maybe I just have a couple people around. Maybe these, like, friendships that... were more easy to find in high school and college where you're constantly, you're going to places, you know, you're going to the same place every day, going through the same type of suffering through school every single day. And there's a bond in that, or you're, you know, you play sports and, and there's just an openness as, as a youth, there's a, like a, a rowdiness, a roughhousing and like, therefore relationships are volatile, but you can kind of form these, deep bonds as well. Um, so, so I'm, you know, I'm out there, I'm putting myself out there for friendships. It's almost like dating, but it's like, I don't know. I prefer, I, I think I'd prefer just dating or like building relationships with women or, or picking up women. It's been a minute, but that's in that I might be romanticizing it. I think being single was, you know, when you're single, you don't, it's tough being single. And then when you're in a relationship far enough, you're like, oh man, single was the bee's knees. But I can also reflect on the hundreds of nights, you know, looking in desperation for a woman's touch and being, 
you know, alone, cold, and soggy. Belly, soggy and sticky. Alone, in a dark room. Bong water on me. So, you know, putting myself out there again for guys. And guys, you know, they kind of suck. Not, not really. I do love men. I, I like, I like love men. And that's, and that could be a problem actually, because like I said, sometimes effort defeats itself. And sometimes this like enthusiasm I have meeting men, <laughs> it could probably be off-putting. I'm sure it is. It's like, what does this guy really want? I've, I've had a few relationships long enough where, where guys have come clean. They're like, your generosity, you know, it was hard to accept that it was authentic for a long time. You know, I always thought you were playing angles and I wasn't, you know, consciously I wasn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't consciously playing leverage games. I would give myself away so much. And, you know, we've talked about that in previous episodes. I, I don't really want to rekindle that, but the effort, it, it seems suspicious. Men are suspicious of other men, especially grown men. You know, what's this guy after? What does he want? I'm not going to let him fuck me. So, you know, it's money. And so, you know, knowing this, I'm like, yeah, it, I'll, I'll pay for stuff or like, I'll, I'll make it, I'll try to reassure them that I don't need their money, that I, uh, I'm a productive member of society with lots to offer, but I don't know. It's tough. I haven't really trust takes too long. It takes so long to build. And particularly with between men where they don't necessarily see your function or they like, I'm not going to let 99% of men fuck me. I'm sure there's that one special guy out there. I'm sure there is that handful that basically I'm not shutting it down. It's just, I haven't found it. I haven't even come really close, but I'm not going to let them fuck me. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have a tremendous amount of skills or clout that is so desirable that, you know, they can, they need, they need me in a utilitarian way. I mean, I got skills, I got lots to offer, but it, you know, men want to do it on their own anyway. So I don't, I don't know how to approach it. I'm getting, so I, I want to tell you how I got rejected. <laughs> and this is super, I mean, it's awkward. I think getting rejected is always a little bit awkward. Um, and <laughs> as soon as that's okay. So our, uh, heating broke down. It's, it's come winter time and we, we don't have much heat. Um, one part of the house has some heat. The other part of the house doesn't particularly this room doesn't have heat. Um, but I built my own heat today. That's why the gun show, I did some, did some yoga. Um, so the heating guy came over and I, I bring him down into the basement where the, uh, where the furnace is. And in our basement, I've set it up in a way that 
there's a little dojo, right? There's a, I put puzzle mats down. So there's like a one inch padded floor. Uh, I bought a, a, a heavy punching bag. Um, I got lucky and, and talked to some old co-workers at the gym and, and they gave me a few like a barbell and some bumper plates. So I got a little setup down there during quarantine time. I was, and all the gyms were shut down. I still wanted to do some, some lifting. And so I set it up, I set myself up and I bring him down and, and he's like, Oh, this place is so cool. Um, and he kind of like shadow boxes a little bit and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So here's the furnace. And, um, and then I like, I'm like, you need anything? You need coffee, water or whatever. Again, kind of knowing that sometimes offering stuff is just sometimes weird, but he, you know, he's in the house. It's just my fucking go-to people that come in the house. I want to give you a drink. I want to give you, uh, make sure you're comfortable. Even if you're working for that, you know, even if you have a job to do, it's some kind of my way of, I guess, building trust. Like, are you cool? Like, I want to talk to you a little bit more like you're in the house. Maybe it's that, but it's not as well. It's, can I get you something to drink? So I get him a coffee. I bring it back down and I'm like, oh, you do, you know, you do boxing or, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I actually did some MMA fights. I'm like, oh, really cool. You know, I do the jujitsu thing. Um, I did some Muay Thai in college. Uh, I've been to Thailand and trained some Muay Thai and, and I love it. And um, he's like, oh, no way. And like, we're kind of hitting it off. We're kind of vibing. And I'm like, shit. Is he going to be my best friend? My new best friend? I start painting a picture of our future together. Oh, man, we're going to go to sporting events together. We're going to rabble rouse, gallivant around town, maybe do some fighting. Maybe fight each other, maybe make up, you know, maybe he'll be, he'll teach me some good sparring. I could show him some good grappling, whatever. Not really, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, I mean, we have similar interests. He's the same age as me. I don't, where I'm at, I'm moving from Chicago. Now I'm in Wisconsin. I don't I mean, I don't have people close to me that are, that are, are guy friends, now, the Jiu-Jitsu Academy, I think I'm starting to make some progress over there. And if I, I reached out, I think. But nonetheless, I was focused on on this heating air conditioning guy. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, do your thing, man. Let me know if you need anything. And, uh, you know, he's there for a couple hours. And I go upstairs. I, I continue doing my day, do my things. And... I write down my name, my number, and the jiu-jitsu academy that I train at because he said he's interested in jiu-jitsu. And I, I figured I'd do some promotion for the academy. Um, and we would, you know, get to grapple together. Then we can meet on kind of neutral territory or whatever. And I'm like, and on, on his way out, I give him the paper. I'm like, man, so good to meet you. Like, I put the jiu-jitsu academy. I put my name and number. Just send me a text and, uh, and we'll get together for, for, for whatever. Yeah, man, I, I will. I will. It's really nice to meet you, too. Well, it's been two weeks. No call. No text. 
Rejected. Pow. Rejected. And you know what? It's okay. It's not. Like, what's he? I, I just, I know it's okay because I feel for him. It's like, what's he going to do? You know? No, I'm not looking for friends right now. Would I have, uh, I probably would have appreciated the fuck out of that. But, you know, who's going to do that? Who's got the balls to do that? Also, he's kind of working for it. Like, he's in, I I get it. It's all stacked against him. He's in my my house working for me and I'm trying to be like a cool boss. Like, hey, let's like, it just doesn't, it's, I get it. Would I have liked him to get over all that shit and, and send me a text and show up to the Jiu-Jitsu Academy and build a friendship for that, that lasts forever? Yeah, of course. I'm in. I was in. But nevertheless, I found myself rejected. And that's okay. I think rejection, I mean, it's mostly rejection. Any any relationship, you know, trying to get a, a sexual or significant partner, it just more doesn't seem to work out than it does. Uh, so onward, you know, maybe my future best friend is listening to this right now and is going to write me a handwritten note and spray a little cologne on it or whatever. I mean, whatever guys do. That's the thing. I just, I'm, I haven't been a guy's guy, I guess, you know, I, I had to, uh, why I don't necessarily know. Well, I think younger, I was just so focused on failing to get women and proving my proving to myself that I could actually be worthy of like a sexual relationship that I was, I craved for like 10 years before I was able to actually, again, probably pushing it further away with the types of effort I was putting in with the grasping. I was, um, I was thinking recently, um, where was I? I think I was in a cafe in this recently. I mean like two months ago or so I was in a cafe and a song came on and maybe I had heard it before, but it, it was like lighting me up. It was like, damn, this song is fucking fire. I love this song. Like this song is so cool. It's making me feel all types of ways. And there's, then that thing happens where it's like, I want to know the song. I want to know the song. Like I start grasping to know the song and therefore denying myself the enjoyment of experiencing the song because now it's easier than ever to find a song, right? I mean, there's 15 different apps and there's ways to find the song. So this isn't the perfect example for the modern times, but there's been times where I've I've loved a song so much, maybe before Shazam came out or Siri. And I loved songs so much. And I would deny myself the enjoyment of that song in trying to look or find out the name of the song only for the song to end and me to never find it again. And this happens. This this just seems to happen. Like this denial of the present, this grasping for the future. Um, it's destru- it seems to be destructive. 
in relationships as well. And I kind of want to talk about like this idea of alpha mentality, like this. And I'm not trying, I'm not going to throw it out. I'm going to try to approach it from both sides and, and see what we can do here. But, you know, chimpanzees are close relatives to us. Silverback gorillas are close relatives to us. They both have really big canine teeth, really sharp canine teeth, but they mostly eat plants. They mostly eat, like, they're not carnivores. They're mostly herbivores. I think it's been shown that uh, chimps will sometimes be omnivores. But nevertheless, those teeth aren't for eating. They're not for the function of eating. They're actually for aggression. They're actually for fighting, or so it's been described to me. And... A silverback gorilla, for example, will have, there will be an alpha, and that alpha will be able to fuck his, like, have a a harem of of female gorillas. And he will be super possessive and fight anyone who tries to take from his perceived, you know, his women. So these teeth are literally for fighting. Now, humans, we don't have huge canines like chimps or like gorillas. And part of the speculation of this is that is monogamy in a sense or partnership mating, not monogamy in the, in like the Catholic church sense of the world, but like um, partnership, survival, partnership mating and procreation and cooperation within tribes and groups because as i mean we're humans homo sapiens are so weak and fragile compared to these gorillas and chimpanzees and and like any primate pound for pound we're like hairless fragile wonders um so like we needed to learn how to cooperate and co- learning how to cooperate is what you know got us to the top of the pyramid in a very direct way not like a spiritual way of like where all things are even in the circle of life, but like in a overly pragmatic way, like we got here through cooperation. So part of the hypothesis is we don't have these canines. Um, and that's evidence of this kind of partnership style mating. So this silverback gorilla, hyper possessive, hyper aggressive alpha behavior i think it well it still lives today i i i feel like you can find movies at least even if you don't know someone particularly because the groups you hang out with who is like this um you can see it there's evidence of this um it's more and it's kind of fading out i think that's kind of like our old school alpha approach and what i find is that it doesn't even work anymore i'm finding this old school mentality of this hyper possession, jealousy, it it comes off more as insecurity and actually has, is that grasping that actually pushes people away. Not entirely. There are doses where, and we'll get into that later, but the modern kind of alpha. So, so old school alpha, I think at its dysfunction is toxic masculinity. 
Now, the modern-day alpha is kind of like the man who is completely self-sufficient, has high self-esteem, and therefore is unshakable in relationships, doesn't show possession, maybe the opposite, who is like allows and, uh, and provides without lording things over people. And I think the dysfunction of the modern day alpha uh, taken to its utmost is indifference, where you shut down your ability to care or you or you just don't care and you're so self-absorbed that it, it kind of becomes this narcissistic narcissism where you're unable to show care you're unable to fight for anyone or to yeah show that you care so when do we like what can we grab from grasp from both of these archetypes because i think there's times where they each serve. I think for a long time, I, I was, um, I, I was so repulsed by the old school alpha mentality where it's like toxic masculine, hyper masculine, constantly need to prove and dominate. I was so repulsed by it that I kind of went into this modern day alpha thing, which served me, but also kind of led to a, a type of narcissism or indifference to the people around me that I actually didn't mean. But they felt it and, and it hurt their feelings in a way. So the union of these two or when do we use each of these in our life? And there's I've been given kind of an answer. Now, what I'm going to talk about. If you only choose to hear certain certain segments of this, you're going to be triggered. There's no doubt. And fine, if, if you're over-triggered to the point where you feel anger towards me, uh, I pro- like, I'll probably use some of that modern-day alpha and water off of a duck's back, allow you to feel without engaging. That's my caveat. Second caveat is, this has just been taught to me. I, I'm still learning it and still understanding it, and maybe a thoughtful dialogue will bloom from this conversation. And when do we learning about your, the women in your life's menstrual cycles for the selfish reason to attract them, to be in better standing with them. But also it's, you know, learning about someone and and trying to understand them and how they're functioning is an act of love as well. And even if there is selfishness in your reasons for learning, it's still beautiful to learn about someone and to try to understand someone beyond yourself. And it's, and it's ultimate, it's kindness. So the selfish biological reasons to learn about your partner's menstrual cycle is at different times of their cycle, there's different hormones and there's different tendencies or characteristics as it's been explained to me. There's times in the cycle where horniness goes up, for example. And in this time of 
horniness, but it can also be um, wanting to procreate, right? And wanting to procreate with the best suitor, the most physically advantageous suitor, or someone that is feels like alpha in a way. So in this time of of horniness, of um, desire to procreate, even if the woman's unaware of it, the biological indicators are there that they are ready to procreate. They are more able to procreate within this time. And when they want to procreate, they want to do it with the best possible suitor. That's This is evolutionary biology 101. So in that time, you might find the women in your life, your partner, challenging you a little bit more. Challenging you to prove that you kind of have what it takes. To kind of prove that you are a good suitor, that you are an alpha, that you won't, um, that you'll take care, that you'll pass your genes on, that the best possible genes are going to manifest. So in this time, how it's, how it's been explained to me is if you're getting challenged, this might be a good time to not back down. This might be a good time to approach the challenge and maybe approach more of that old school alpha who's tough, who's masculine. And this will have the effect of creating reassurance and therefore creating attraction through a little bit of conflict, which you might think is counterintuitive. You're like, oh, I, I always want to keep her happy. You know, keeping her happy will will make her attracted to me. No. No, you need a little tension. You need a little conflict. You need a little... And not conflict for the sake of conflict. But if 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 you're going to get tested in a way that authentically it doesn't agree with you, then speaking that. I mean, you don't have to like flex on on your girl or exert your physical dominance, but not letting them, if they're going to test you and start nitpicking you, putting up that boundary saying, hey, I'm not going to put up with this. Don't talk to me like that. Or this is why I don't, this is why I think you're out of line or this is how I feel, you know, being clear and putting up that boundary is a, is a good strategy for attraction at this particular point of the cycle. Does that make sense? This is all high, like this, this gets thrown out, not thrown out, but this gets diluted when you take a stance that's not just biological or evolutionary. But I don't think looking at biology excludes any of the cultural norms of today. I got in a debate on Facebook and oh my gosh, is there anything worse? I don't play that often when people post things. I don't play that much because and and this just kind of reinforced why. I'll, I type something. Um, it was it was a meme that said, 
what did it say? It basically compared, they're like, you can color your hair and paint your nails. Um, like, what is it? But you can't, but and they, and they compared that to going through a sex change and how trans people ought to be, you know, to accepted because it's just a simple change, like cutting your hair, coloring your hair, painting your nails or, or doing something like that. And my point was, although I agree that trans people should have the right to express themselves however they want, this argument sucks because temporary changes can't, aren't the same as more permanent changes like surgery or hormone therapy. And I started, I'm like, though I agree with you that trans people have the right to express themselves in whatever way they want. It doesn't matter to me. I want them to be happy and feel free. But this argument sucks and we're not going to build freedom off of shitty arguments. And by attacking the argument, um, people got the idea that I was saying that trans people shouldn't be trans people. They somehow extracted that because, and, and I guess like no one wants to see me pick apart an argument because I don't know what people are going through. True. True. And maybe, and I even said after I wrote like five different responses, like this probably wasn't a good time to play debate team coach, right? People care about this too much. I can't express myself in person. People are confusing what I'm saying. It, the, the, the type of communication is just, is just faulty. And I'm not encouraged to play or interact with this post anymore. But my point to all this was just like this hyper, this aggression towards binary systems. There's like, there's no such thing as men and women. There's no such thing as biological. And it's like, okay. Acknowledging biology, acknowledging that there is a duality in, in the world doesn't have to exclude the spectrum that lies in between. How do I say this more clear? Just because there's man and woman doesn't mean there's a spectrum that we can now create more complex things from and acknowledge as true and valid. But acknowledging the foundation of duality is still important. Just because there is a whole spectrum of gender and sexuality, that really does exist. There is so much diversity. And I'm ta- it takes nothing away from the diversity to acknowledge the binary as well that exists within that diversity. Holding on, denying binary nature is the same as desperately holding on to it like it's the only truth, like it's the only form of truth. It doesn't do any service to exclude binary reality. Like, it just does exist. Like, uh, yin-yang, okay? It's lame, but it's so true. Outside for every inside. 
the, I mean, there's just so many. You can think of any binary. There's positive and negative charges on ions. There's a positive and negative charge to the magnetic field of the Earth. There, every electron has its opposite. It's just there is binary nature that can be observed. And from that knowing, we can grow into whatever diversity you want. And I even, I mean, some of my more or less popular opinions are, okay, you feel like a woman and your, your genitals don't matter. You're a woman. Even if you have a penis, you're a woman. So if it doesn't matter, then why do you need to cut it off? If you already are a woman, as you are, why do you need to have surgery? Surgery is serious. It is serious. And if it, and it should be reserved for life and death situations, in my opinion. I've had three surgeries this year. I'm not trying to get surgery. Like... Because it does matter. Okay. But you're also saying it doesn't matter because you are a woman or a man, irregardless of your external attributes. And, and then my, another less popular opinion I have that will, if you're going to sound bite this out and attack, go f like, okay. But hor introducing hormone therapy to a child seems irresponsible to me because the, you know, now I'm the old person, right? Now I'm the old person that's saying, well, there's a reason that you can't drink until you're 18 or 21. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I also started drinking when I was 14 or 15, right? So I don't expect you to listen, but this is, this is certainly my more developed take on it is I'm glad I didn't mess with my hormone. My hormones were already so crazy when I was 13. Now imagine taking estrogen boosters and testosterone reducers and throwing that, throwing a man-made hormone, like you trust people that like, you trust people over nature that much. You trust million years of evolution less than you trust a guy, like someone making a formula that manipulates a specific hormone in your body. Like I'd rather approach that child and let them understand that they can be whoever they want, irregardless of their outside, that their value comes from within to build their self-esteem from within so that the outside doesn't matter so much in the sense that it takes anything away. So, Yes, I do disagree with hormone therapy for children. Do I disagree with it if you're 18, 19, 18 plus, whatever? No. When you, when you establish a sense of sovereignty over your life and responsibility, please do whatever you want. Like, please, I, it's, that's not, it's not what I'm saying at all, but a child who is still developing, who still is knowing who they're, I'm learning who I am. And I feel like I'm grasp, I grasp it at like 28, 
who I really want to be, where I really want to spend my time. Like I've, I've spoken about this. Like I didn't know my sexuality fully until about 25 and 26. So to give, to manipulate a child's hormones, that's going to affect them for the rest of their life is, uh, you can trust the child in other ways. You can, tr- you can show that you trust your child in other ways, in my opinion. Who? That, that was a rant, and I, I kind of lost where I was going, other than the fact that understanding hormone, the menstrual cycle. So there's times in the menstrual cycle where it is probably good to be masculine and to step into that more alpha role, to be seducer, to be attractor. And seducer and attractor feels a little bit different than provider and caretaker, which is the next point I'm going to make. So there's other times in the cycle where maybe the hormones are different and the need to procreate isn't as strong. And it, it would behoove you to turn off that alpha seducer and become more of the caretaker provider, more understanding, and I guess the more feminine aspect of the relationship. And to approach like that. And this would be a little bit like closer to the actual, um, I guess what's referred to as the period or the bleeding time or, uh, um, after the uterine wall has fully like developed and grown to, to be able to support a fertilized egg after it's no longer, after it becomes on its downward cycle where it no longer can support, where it has to be flushed out of the body so that a new uterine lining can be reformed. There's a lower, there's, um, it's, it can be associated with lower amounts of horniness or the ability or the wants to procreate. And in this time, it may behoove you to adopt more of those caretaker roles, more of those feminine like roles or provider. If you want to keep it in the masculine providers, like caretaker, but more masculine in the typically. And that brings me to another good point. In the world we live in now, where the gender roles are less clear than ever, this gets way messy. This because, like, many women don't want or need that caretaker because they're able to support themselves in a way that's better than any previous time in history. There's still a long way to go in terms of equity. And, but, um, so, so these roles are, are fluid and changing and dynamic and people can, and this isn't going to, this is not a one uh, size fits all by any means. These are biological indicators that have been shown to me that I thought were interesting. And you may want to basically the overarching message is learning how to combine the masculine and feminine within yourself so that you can approach a relationship um, and and create attraction and create care and create love. To bring harmony of these masculine and feminine energies within you 
to create a healthy self and healthy relationships around you. If you weren't able to listen this far, you're, you're probably upset and that's okay. And I probably won't fully engage. And, you know, I, I remember as a teenager, like grass, like telling someone to leave when I really wanted them to stay, like getting mad at my parents and telling them I never, I didn't want to talk to them when I really wanted them to stand in the fire and to, I guess, be that masculine alpha and be like, no, you know, to give me a hug anyways, even though I was saying to get away, I was really wanting them to come to overcome that and give me a hug. And this is kind of what I meant by different times in the cycle, a menstrual cycle, how you might be challenged and someone might say to you the opposite of what they mean. And it might behoove you to stand in that presence, not submit and just leave immediately, but to really understand, do they want me to stay? Do they want me to feel, do they want me to fight for them? Do they want to see that I can stand in their fire without being, without running away or being burned or scared? Maybe, maybe. And if you're an adult and you do this shit, you have to stop. You have to, you have to learn how to say what you actually mean and know what you want. You can't tell people to leave and expect them to overcome. As a man now, if I tell someone to leave and put up that boundary, but I want them to stay, they're not going to stay. They're going to leave. And, and I can't expect them to know, to know any difference. I understand it if you're a teenager and you're going through this stuff, but if you're an, like an adult, you got to throw that one out. You got to grow out of that. I, I painted a picture one time where someone's grabbing one, grabbing someone's wrist, but also pushing their face away. Like, leave me alone. But they're grab, they're holding on for dear life. I think I even put like handcuffs on. Like, leave me alone. Why won't you leave me alone? And it's like, you're pulling me back, but telling me you want to leave, want me to leave. <sighs> so begin to understand, even if you're a man, understand women's menstrual cycles. There might be something in there that you can learn so that to improve the relationships around you to improve your relationships with them, to build attraction, which isn't always toxic to be attract, to build attraction, to, to seduce, right? If you're not gonna, if you're seducing and manipulating without the intentions of loving in return or, or, you know, giving back, you know, that's questionable, but, um, there's a part of attraction in every relationship. You know, so learn about that. Is there anything else? Yeah, just to expound a little bit on, on that, that challenging, like a, a way that people can challenge you 
and maybe how you can match their energy or, or step up into that that challenge is like the wandering eye thing. And I'm kind of guilty of this. Like I, I've, I have a wandering eye. I, I have a f- fantasy or an, an active imagination. And if you're not willing to put up with that, if it might be okay for, for your partner to kind of, you know, look around. It might even be okay. Whatever your dynamic is and it's okay and do that. But if it's not okay with you and your partner is constantly looking around, like, like looking around for the next best thing then challenge you can challenge that by matching the energy first off i mean first and foremost maybe say hey you're looking around that's making me uncomfortable i'm thinking that you're looking for the next best thing is this true and however they answer if you get the sense that it's true maybe challenge by liberating yourself so this is more of like the modern day alpha combined with you know, with the essence of the challenge of the old school alpha. So you're challenging and you're not willing to put up with it more old school alpha, but in a new modern alpha way where, okay, if you want to go, you're free to go. And I'm going to enjoy the beauty that's around me too. That's one way to challenge. That might not be your way to challenge. You know, maybe that only create more discord in your particular situation, but you can challenge it by being like, okay, if you're going to treat me like that, I'm not going to put up with it. You can eat dinner alone or I'm going to go do things that I, that truly serve me. And I'm, I'm not going to include you because you, you don't keep me in mind. You're not respecting me right now. So maybe the wandering eye can be matched with a wandering eye, you know. Um, Sometimes fire doesn't beat fire though. And, uh, and maybe there's other ways. My point is, is um, setting up boundaries and not making yourself a doormat. Not being the perpetual servant of a relationship. Learn to serve in a relationship and learn when to receive and learn when to put up a boundary in a relationship and to be the master of your domain. It's going to take both. It's going to take both for relationships. This has been a good one. I mean, this is stuff I think about. I really hope I'm able to Get, get it off in a way that's interesting, appealing, under, and helps you understand and helps me understand more about the dynamics of uh, social relationships. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe uh, if you can. And also consider supporting uh, the OnlyFans account uh, or the Patreon Um That would mean the world to me and it would help keep this content free of commercials and, um, and help me keep doing the things I'm doing. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been the Goodwind.